Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Pisces season horoscope is an excerpt from your 2024 year ahead reading. These readings are deep dives into the major themes and influences of the year for your sun, moon, and rising signs. Purchase yours today from the link in our show notes. Registration is now open for Embodied Astrology's 2024 and 2025 programming. Our curriculum starts with the astrological new year and Aries season equinox. Join us for a life-changing journey of experiential astrology, where you'll deepen your understanding of chart reading, symbolism, intuition, and divination, craft creative containers and support your artistic practice through working with your own chart and current transits, learn how to apply astrology for conflict transformation and repair, and take part in exciting, inspiring conversations with astrologers, artists, activists, and others working in the intersections of mysticism and social change, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes or visit embodiedastrology.com to learn more. Now, on to your horoscope. All right, Virgo, Pisces season is February 18th through March 19th, and this is a season that is a big one for Virgo. Um, Pisces is your opposite sign, and so whatever is happening in Pisces has something to do with what's happening for Virgo. In the symbolism of a tropical chart wheel, for Virgo solar chart, Pisces holds the seventh house, and the seventh house is where we meet the outer world in many ways. So the minute that you step out the door, you are needing to navigate a seventh house experience, and the world is by necessity relational, and every relationship has its own unique set of agreements contracts and conditions. And in the realms of human relationships, uh, we often step into relationship with strangers um, with contracts already written up. If you live in a body that has been socialized a certain way and you encounter a body that has been socialized a different way and you live in a society that has certain kinds of rules or expectations and assumptions about behaviors for bodies, there's already a contract written up. Now, you don't have to agree to the contract. You don't have to embody it. You can be working for change. But that contract is there, the residue of it, the energy of it. If you live in a body that is a queer or trans body and you walk out the door in the United States of America, um, in most places, you're going to have to navigate a world of people who have not been educated or supported in their own development to recognize the needs of queer and trans people and probably definitely not to be in support of those needs. And so then relational contracts are going to resonate with this basic lack of support. Um, that means that if you're in relationship with another trans person, that awareness will be there, 
right? And the uh, you don't even need to talk about it. The subtle, intrinsic, implicit awareness will just be there. It will be part of the contract. If you're in relationship with a transphobic cis person, there's a different kind of contract that's happening. Those contracts on a subtle layer, they, they are written before we ever come into contact. And then beyond the kind of more uh, obvious layers of our social locations and embodied identities, there are all kinds of subtle contracts that you might be uh, operating with when it comes to your relationships. Many people have contracts of, um, you know, an egoic nature, like contracts to feel inferior or superior or contracts to try and prove one's worth by, you know, getting this kind of external validation or pleasing that kind of person or something like that. Now, then we meet people, right? And then we engage in relationship. And so your seventh house is also this place. It's a place of other people. And the way then that relationships um, manifest and unfold and materialize in our lives. And some relationships are places where we will give a lot more attention and energy than others. And so the seventh house also speaks to committed partnerships and ongoing uh, relationships of an important nature and the actual contracts and agreements that are explicit and defined inside of those arrangements, i.e. the agreement that you have to be in partnership with somebody on business is very different than the agreement that you have with someone who you are cohabiting with, different kinds of partnerships there. So as we enter into Pisces season, we enter into a season that brings focus and energy into your relational realms. And tenanting Pisces currently are two important planetary bodies. Uh, Neptune has been in Pisces since 2011. Neptune is considered to be the modern ruler of Pisces, and Neptunian and Piscean energetics are very similar. And when you learn about them astrologically, they both relate to the endocrine system. Um, the, our endocrine systems are incredibly sensitive. So one drop of hormone in your inner sea can completely change your physiological experience. You know what it is to feel the feeling of like feeling really fearful versus feeling totally in love. And yes, there are different circumstances happening, but also your body chemistry is totally different. In a space of fear, your body will be flooded with uh, survival, fight, flight uh, hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. When your body is in love and you're just totally happy and over the moon, uh, your body will be processing more dopamine and serotonin um, mood enhancers. We're always on drugs of our own making. Um, and then, of course, whatever is happening in our bodily chemistry is totally influenced by our environments and how other people are and what's going on in the atmosphere. Um, and the climate or the, the vibe of a kind of place. And so Pisces and Neptune both really speak to these spaces of kind of liminality and... Uh, I would say pervasive 
experience of some kind. The placement of Pisces in the solar seventh house for Virgo <clears throat> really indicates an orientation towards relationship that in many ways can be self-sacrificing. Um, this is a placement that suggests a high degree of sensitivity and attunement to other people and to their needs and to their emotional states. And Virgo, um, in medical astrology or in an embodied approach to astrology, rules the guts and intestines. And the guts and intestines work to make sense of materials that we've ingested and they're constantly processing, and they're doing the job of metabolism in our bodies. They are assimilating and absorbing and making use of what has come in. And so Virgo in relationship to Pisces uh, often is about getting busy and being effective and doing what needs to be done. And there's a feeling here on a relational level that you're super sensitive to the people that are around you and to the world in general. And the way that you orient inside of that sensitivity has to do with effectiveness or efficiency, being in service, uh, laboring, feeling responsible, and doing things that help uh, if they're not also oriented towards fixing, which is an issue. And over the last 13 years, since Neptune has been here, um, these themes have been becoming amplified. And so a lot of Virgos, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of Virgos, especially at the end of this transit, because Neptune is on its way out, all the outer planets are changing signs in 2025. So Neptune is also on its way out of Pisces and into Aries. Um, sorry, I got a little distracted by my proclamation that all the outer, outer planets are changing signs in 2025. Um, I talked in your year ahead overview about the transition, the relationship between 2024 and 2025. And I'm realizing that over the uh, overviews of the last few months, I don't know if I ever really came back to this idea of 2024 and 2025 being these remarkable times of shift in the outer and the inner experiences in the collective and in the interpersonal and the personal. Um, and so what's happening in Pisces is really quite profound because Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac and Neptune is moving into Aries in 2025 with retrograde. It'll wobble back and forth by 26. It's in Aries for good. And Saturn is as well. I'll talk about Saturn in a second. Um, so I just wanted to give that context for a second. But now that we're at the end of Neptune's transit through Pisces, um, I think a lot of Virgos are really feeling the cumulative residue of this transit building into something that it feels like you can't ignore it. And because Virgo has this tendency to take on labor for others, because you're sensitive, it's like you you feel what people need, even if they don't feel it, <laughs> you feel it and you just do it. It's like you go into action, you try and 
attend, right? Like you want to be useful. You want to be helpful. A lot of you had experiences in your early life that required that of you, you know, required you to be really um, attuned. Maybe some of you actually deeply vigilant and fix the problems, you know, before they got bigger or something like that. But this way of being that is about fixing other people, if, if that's operating for you in Pisces season in 2024, it's like driving you up the freaking wall. And I think that a lot of you have be been becoming a lot more aware of these patterns where you go into action for other people. You are serving them. You are in service to the relationship. You're picking up on needs and sensitivities that are just in the field. You're feeling affected. And then you're doing things about it or you're doing things for it where you take the labor upon yourself to do the thing. And in some ways, you don't give the responsibility to the other people because this is implied in your contract. It's like part of the subtle contract that you're walking around the world with and everybody that you meet on a subtle psychic level, it's like your hand is out with that contract. Now, this year, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of you are like, I'm done with that contract. I am over it. I am through. Some of you are in situations where that has been the, you know, it's like that has been the contract in the working contract. You know, it's like now you are feeling the depreciation, the depletion of your capacity to continue to carry on with this contract you don't you don't want to be spidey sensing other people's problems and jumping into action to fix them or help them when you're not asked even though you probably could do a great job you're it's like I feel like we go into this season and your nervous system is on blast and a lot of you have a million and ten details of your own life that you're trying to figure out. There are a lot of feelings of needing to change the chapter and really take responsibility for your own energy. As I talked about in your 2024 year head overview, this taking of responsibility requires you to be doing energetic work. And if other people aren't picking up their parts of the energetic exchange, you are going to feel it this season. And you have had enough. Now, on the other hand, some of you are working in dynamic, brilliant, creative, really exciting and inspiring collaborations. And this is a season about really energetically aligning and attuning with the spirit of what it is that you are in service to and moving in that direction full force ahead. You know who is your energetic ally and who is not? You know where you are 
delivering contracts for your energetic dignity and sovereignty versus where you are delivering contracts for your depletion and submission. Does the work of Embodied Astrology speak to you? Did you know that you can become a member? The EA monthly membership provides unlimited access to my weekly somatic space classes, where we work through gentle healing movement and meditation practices, aligning our minds, bodies, hearts, and spirits with the highest potentials of current astral energy. Memberships also include tea time gatherings once a month, where we debrief current astro together, share our lived experiences, and support one another through the seasons. Our basic membership also includes access to our private virtual community, peer-led study groups and affinity spaces, and a video and audio library with guided meditations and gentle movement practices. Learn more at embodiedastrology.com forward slash join. I'm also thrilled to announce that our 2024 and 2025 workshop and event programming at Embodied Astrology is now open for registration. Our new program begins with the vernal equinox and astrological new year. This year, we're interested in mobilizing our platform and community towards more active engagement with the work of world making. We're asking questions about revolution and transformation. We're using astrology to imagine, locate, and remember forms of power rooted in care and connection. We're holding space for what is and what can be with grief tending circles, queer time expansion experiments, planetary devotional practices, conflict mapping with constellation work and embodied astral support. We hope you'll join us for some or all of our offerings. On February 21st, Venus and Mars will be conjunct in Aquarius. I talked in your Aquarius season overview about how Venus and Mars are moving into Aquarius. Uh, They both conjoined Pluto last season, and then this season they are coming together in conjunction, and then they will both square Jupiter, um, Venus on February 24th, and Mars on February 27th. Um, and then they will both square Uranus, uh, Venus on March 3rd and Mars on March 9th. So lots of activation between Aquarius and Taurus. I talked about these placements, uh, in the Aquarius overview. These activations over the course of Pisces season give a feeling to me of you are moving in some new directions. Uh, Your ideas about where you can go and what you can do are becoming a lot more innovative and expansive. You are a lot more willing to take risks right now than you have been in the past. And this is in no small part due to the immense amount of labor that you have done over the last 15 years of Pluto and Capricorn Um, working through a lot of your own energetic blockages, really taking control and empowering yourself uh, to be in agency with your personal potency and power. As I've talked about uh, in previous seasons and in your overview, this is a year where you are really needing to sit in the driver's seat as a metaphor of your own life. And inside of the conditions, inside of the situations that you cannot control, you have to make the best of it. You have to 
organize and orient towards where is the growth, where is the life, and how are we going to get there. Now, an enormous way that you are getting there is through collaboration. It's through friendship. It's through relationship. It's through unity and movement work. It's unison, right? It's creating allyship, solidarity, uh, mutual aid, and working in brilliant creative collaboration with others. You know who's there to do the work with you and who is not. And on February 28th, we have a triple conjunction of Mercury, Saturn, and the Sun at nine degrees of Pisces. So for those of you Virgos uh, with placements around nine degrees, give or take five degrees in either direction, woo, this is one to pay attention to. I talked in Capricorn season about Mercury's inferior conjunction, Kazemi, with the Sun. On February 28th, we have the superior conjunction, or Kazemi, when Mercury is on the farther side of the Sun from Earth. Now, at this point in the year, there is a kind of clarification for you around relational goals and needs moving forward. And for some of you, this is really about fortification and stability and looking at the long term and a, a sense of commitment with your partners and collaborators. And for some of you, this is about boundaries. And it might not be total cord cutting, but it could be significant um, clarifications of what you are willing or unwilling about. Or maybe someone else is giving you that information. I'm going to guess that for a lot of you, it's both. And in certain directions, you are feeling really supported, um, committed, certain, excited. This is the direction you're moving forward. And in other directions, it's like, yeah, no, no way. You can feel that the energy is off. And this is the major theme for your year, energetic healing work. And the work of energetic healing is about cultivating coherence. And to build coherence, we need to really tune in with trust for the wisdom that our bodies and our intuitions have. And so if at the end of February, you are feeling a lot of clarity around yes in this direction, no in that direction, please listen to that. It's important information. On February 24th, uh, which is the day that Venus squares Jupiter. We also have a full moon in your sign. Um, so this full moon is an important one. It's also very uh, close to nine degrees. Um, do I have the full moon chart written on my map? Yes, I do. Okay, so five degrees of Virgo uh, is the full moon on February 24th. And if your Virgo placements are somewhere close to the beginning of the sign, take note. Um, this is a full moon that's really turning the volume up, making it absolutely clear, amplifying the issues in relationships, partnerships, and with other people. If someone is going with you on the path, you know it. If they are not with you on the path, you know it. If folks are not with you on the path, bless them. May they be well, may they encounter the right opportunities and openings for their path. Bless you on your path. I know that you will encounter the right allies and accomplices for the direction that you are headed. 
This is a time to not be um, materialistic and grasping about our relationships, but to really trust the direction that we are growing, for Virgo especially. When we get into March, there are ongoing conversations happening between the sign Pisces and the sign Taurus. There is a kind of flow between these placements in your chart. And this gives me the feeling that the direction that you're headed has a lot to do with relationships. And that might mean for some of you that it's about relationships changing and ending and shifting your direction. And for some of you, it's about who are you working with and how are you working and where are you going together? Um, this is a period of time to really notice what's occurring for you energetically and to be very attuned uh, to the ways that you, in the past and maybe in the present, but you, I, I think that a lot of you have working memories, right, that you can draw upon in the past when you didn't listen to your intuition about something or somebody or when you overextended or overgave because your sensitivity was kind of compelling you to do work that wasn't yours um or maybe on the other hand when you felt so affected or overwhelmed by someone's vibe that you just avoided them and kind of avoided the work because you had some judgment or assumption about what it would be. Listen to your, listen to the energy right now, especially um, March 8th, we have Mercury conjunct Neptune in Pisces in your seventh house. On March 10th, there's a new moon in Pisces in your seventh house. And then on March 17th, the sun is conjunct with Neptune. So basically from the 8th through the 17th, um, you can dream your biggest dream for your relationships, but include yourself in that dream. Include the reality of what's happening in your body and in your lived experience in that dream. And remind yourself that like a dream, you can't guide your life through mental attachment and fixation on your ideas of how something is going to work out. You have to relax inside the dream and orient yourself energetically in the direction with the intention of what you want to unfold. And then pay attention to the signs and to the symbols. Don't move from a place of fear. Move from a place of faith and have faith that you can experience the qualities of energetic coherence and sensitivity and devotion in the realm of your human relationships. You can experience relationship with others that is deeply nourishing and supportive. You can experience profound and brilliant collaborations where what is being built is um, 
so far beyond anything that you could have built yourself because it's a collaboration, because it's the magic and the kismet of multiple minds and hearts and bodies working together. You can experience all of that. Pay attention to where you are experiencing those kinds of feelings, those kinds of relationships, and pay attention to where you are not experiencing those kinds of feelings and relationships. Pisces season is a season for getting real about how you feel and about how relationships feel. And it's a season for getting real about what you need energetically to move in the directions that you want to move in your personal life and in the world at large and choosing worthy allies and adversaries for that work and committing to the work of relationship that will move you in those directions. When we get into Aries season, we are moving into eclipse season, and that is a season that is bringing a lot of uh, support for sharpening the blade of cutting cords. And so if Pisces season is making things clear, then trust that eclipses are coming to help you clear out if that is what is needed. Aries season is also bringing uh, energy for deeper investments with the people, the projects, and the places where we are clear that we want to go the distance. But in order to go the distance, there must be trust. You cannot have trust if you don't have energetic alignment. If in, if in your inner body you feel uneasy about what somebody is telling you or how they're posturing or presenting themselves, or you feel uneasy about a certain commitment uh, in direction, really pay attention to that right now, Virgo, because you will have to deal with the consequences of your choices. So you want to choose in the direction of energetic coherence and continuity. The right relationships for you are the ones that are attuned with you and the work that you know that you are here to do. There are brilliant, brilliant collaborations for many of you right now. Brilliant collaborations. Now, in the ways that you are collaborating, it is so important that you are thinking about building the world that you want to live in. And the feeling here is that there is an investment in time that moves beyond your lifespan. The feeling here is that the people or the places or the projects that you are working with um, have a big vision inside of them. And that vision wants to be an evolutionary vision. It doesn't want to be a fundamentalist imposition of ideological dogma or like putting nature in a box or something like that, putting the future into some kind of formula. There's something about whatever it is that you are doing that needs to be emergent. It needs to be creative. It needs to be alive. Many of you are really interested in doing work that involves organizing or activism. And this work needs to be alive. It needs to be attuned and connected with earthly intelligences and wisdom with embodied intelligence and wisdom, with somatic practice and uh, uh, sensitivity. So bring in that energy work to the realms of your relationship and to the paths and the projects that you are working on together. And I think that you will be uh, happy for it and supported by it.
If what you heard in this season's horoscope resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead. These annual readings are epic offerings and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now, and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. Get yours today through the sliding scale purchase link in our show notes or visit the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. Thanks so much for tuning in with Embodied Astrology. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Big thanks to Alicia Mauji, Joe Stewart, Ash Good, Ariana Sears-Putowski, and Gabs404 for making it all happen with me, Renee Sills. As Pluto moves into Aquarius, one of the main things to remember is that teamwork makes our dreams work. In the spirit of community and collaboration, Embodied Astrology is in an active transition to becoming a collective multi-voice platform. This year, I've invited four facilitators with whom I've been working for the last several years to join me as core faculty in co-visioning and co-creating an exciting, innovative, and totally unique astrological studies program. Sherry Taylor, Junata Petrus, Ramon Parrish, Gabs404, and I are interested in how astrology can assist us in realizing embodied healing, radical imagination, and creative collective liberation. We're inviting you to join us in our explorations in small or big ways. Our full program will be an immersive and life-transforming experience that takes place over the course of 16 months. And most of our offerings also have opportunities to drop in for one or just a few sessions. For more information and to sign up, check the link in the show notes or visit embodiedastrology.com.